0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Today's episode of the All Angels podcast is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and hate your favorite team. A rising tide floats all boats, so go check them out online and on social go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at S-P-R-T-S D-R-N-K spelled like Sports Drink without the vowels oh got awful. it got it got it 33 center field Marsh leaps it normally. High fly ball, deep left field, oh, 27, does it again. This year, oh. Wolf well, sends it well out to left center field, and it's gone, he wins it. Jared. Way, diving, catch, Joe, This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels Baseball, you listen to All Angels Podcasts. And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Garcia. So obviously, the series with the Houston Astros didn't go as many of us expected or was even hoping, only getting one out of the four against Houston to open up the series at Angel Stadium. But good news, you have the Miami Marlins coming in the very next series. Quick two-game set against the Marlins, a team that... Uh, If you follow them or pay attention to them, you realize that their weakness is hitting. Their weakness is the lack of offensive production in their lineup. But their strength has been their young pitching, starting pitching more uh, specifically. And we saw a little bit of that this last series against Miami. But obviously, the series started off on Monday, April 11th. Chris and I were there in person. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that a little bit later. But, yeah, it was a great game. It was a game that I think the Angels definitely needed to use to right the ship, if you will. So, little pregame notes, though, before the game. A little surprise to a lot of people is that Mike Trout got scratched from that lineup. The lineup card came out. It uh, looked pretty normal compared to what has been coming out for the last week. And maybe about 30, 40 minutes later, you saw that Mike Trout was scratched. Obviously, with the Angels history, the first thing a lot of people thought was, oh, no, he's injured. Oh, no, um, hamstring or something that might be flaring back up from last year. But, nope, it is still the illness, the the illness he had in spring training or towards the end of spring training that kept him out of the Dodgers series uh, before opening day. So just, I guess, a little tummy issue. I mean – uh, we all been there I'm sure we all have been there and there's probably been times where you've been there and you did not want to be at work but trout was available to off the bench for any kind of pitch hitting duties throughout the game but he just would not be starting so that put Joe Adele in the starting lineup and Joe Adele has been struggling in that Houston series um, offensively defensively um, defensively you know his biggest uh area of kind of needs to improve coming up through the minors was his defense. You knew the power he had, you knew the offensive, uh, tools he had, but definitely his defensive tool, if you will, had to be sharpened and definitely had to be, um, something that was worked on. And, and he struggled a little bit in the first game of the series and opening day, uh, missed playing a ball, obviously kind of some shaky routes, not making it look as easy as maybe it should, but definitely a guy that I think is, you know, a work in progress defensively, definitely. Is he going to make some of the, the basic, uh, you know, uh, fly outs look a little more challenging? Probably. But he also has the crazy athleticism to make plays in the outfield that only a handful of people can. And I think that's what's frustrating with um, Joe Adele defensively. And you saw that on the Sunday game against Houston. He made a great uh, jumping catch to rob a home run. But it just seems like at times the basic ones that you expect him to make, he kind of um, doesn't necessarily come away with them. And that's been hurting Joe a lot. And obviously at the plate, the Astros found something. They looked back into the the tape and you saw there was a, definitely a distinct game plan for the Astros going after Joe Adele in that series. But – He got put back in the lineup on Monday because of the scratch of Mike Trout. So another chance for him to kind of show guys, show the team uh, what he can do. So the game starts with new angel, Michael Lorenzen taking the mound, making his angels debut and what a debut it was. He goes six innings pitch, two hits, one earned run, seven Ks on 89 pitches. Now, If you remember last episode, we noticed a theme of 75 to 80 pitches per starter for kind of like that first go around in the rotation. Well, the reason why Michael Lorenzen went a little bit further, went a little bit longer was that he had an extra start at spring training compared to the other guys, you know, Syndergaard, Otani, uh, Sandoval, those guys. So he was able to kind of get stretched out a little further, but he went a full six innings, which is exactly what you expect from a starting pitcher. In this kind of situation. Again, Marlins aren't necessarily the best barometer when it comes to pitching because they do really struggle offensively. If they win any kind of uh, games, it's usually on the back of their starting pitching. But in this game, in the bottom of the first, Brandon Marsh comes on, gets the scoring started with two on. Brandon Marsh, dead center field marsh three run home run angels take a three nothing lead and that made the game three zero right off the bat again these young guys we talked about stretching lineups we talked about guys maybe being moved around the lineup if brandon can produce offensively we already know what he can do defensively he's he's one of the best defensive uh players i think on the team right away Um, regardless of age regardless of uh, playing time. I think he's already one of the better defensive players on the team, but if he can get his offense going, if he can get his offense, um, up to that, even that like MLB average level right now, while he's still young, it's going to be a huge key to expanding this lineup. You put him down at the sixth, seventh hole. Um, I think he will do a really good job there. And again, getting on base, you can get on base. And so when the lineup does flip around, you, there's a good chance he will be on base when like the Otani's and the, the, um, and the Trouts and the Rendones and all those guys come up to bat. He's the kind of guy that can get you on base. He can the guy that guy steal you a base. And obviously right here you hear he has the power to hit a home run. But the Angels weren't done yet. We talked about Joe. We talked about his defensive struggles, but offensively we know when he does make contact with the ball, it can go a long way, and that's exactly what happened in the bottom of the second. And Joe Hattel. forget about it, he hit So a solo shot for Joe Adele makes it 4-0 and I love these guys together. I've seen these guys together since Inland Empire, Single A. These guys and they talk about it on the broadcast, but it's it's so true. They thrive on each other. They almost feel like it's a competitive, you know, a friendship, a friendly competition between the two. Who can do what and who can play what better and, and who's going to come up with the, you know, clutch RBI, clutch hit as the certain situation. But I love these guys together. I think there are a great tandem in the outfield. They are both young. They both have stuff to get. To, to work on and get better. I'm not saying they're by far not even close to being a um, finished product. And, and knowing these guys, I'm sure they would both say it. They would both agree to that, that they have stuff they have to work on. But if these glimpses we get from Joe and Brandon, you know, become more consistent and become every day, this outfield is going to be something really, really special. And it's great to see Joe jump into the opportunity last minute you're starting and do something like that. Well, they both weren't done yet. They both would end up having RBI doubles later in the game, and that would make the score six to one, I believe, at the time. Um, but like I said, they did great. They had a huge game. These guys, Joe and Flo, they went for a combined uh, four for seven, six RBIs, two home runs, one walk, and one strikeout between the two of them. Now, if you get that kind of production, granted, it's probably not going to be every game, but if you can get. Some kind of production like that, on a on a you know, every couple days or you know, uh, Brandon has a good game, Joe has a good game. But if you can get that those kind of production numbers from these guys, again, batting in maybe like the sixth and eighth or seventh and eighth part of the lineup, that is naturally going to expand and make that lineup even more dangerous. And the biggest issue with this lineup, and I think you've probably heard a lot of people talk about it, is that what's going to happen after. Our big bats what's going to happen after Otani what's going to happen after Trout Rendon and Walsh who's out of the rest is going to step up you know um we're looking for Matt Duffy to be what he was last year but he is a little bit older you guys have like you have Wade you that has never really been an offensive you know guy that can produce a bunch of offensive numbers Max Stassi can do it. Uh, Fletcher had a really down year last year, and we're waiting for him to kind of see a bounce back. And talking about Fletcher, during the game, he leaves the game with what looks like a hip injury that he was dealing with uh, during spring training, and that is unfortunate because you you are looking for him to get and come some kind of a flow because he has really been struggling during the first part of this season. Granted, small sample size, really short sample size, especially for a guy that. that Traditionally, bats in the ninth hole. He doesn't get a ton of at-bats um, during the game. But you were looking for him to kind of turn into that like on-base, high-average monster that he was a couple years ago. But he just has not shown that last year and this year. But you're hoping for the best. Hopefully, truthfully, hopefully this injury is kind of a blessing in disguise. Now they can shut him down, put him on the 10-day, which they did um, Tuesday morning before the game on Tuesday. And they activated Andrew... Uh, Velasquez from Triple A Salt Lake. But hopefully this can shut him down for a little bit. He can heal up right. He can heal up completely because I have a feeling that, remember, he missed, I believe, the first two games of the Dodgers series uh, before the season started. He played the third. I think that was more just to kind of get back into it. I would not have, I haven't heard anything, but I would not be surprised if he was still dealing with that hip issue since the beginning of the season, and maybe now is the time where you can shut him down, take 10 days, take 15 days, whatever. But I think, uh, defensively, especially uh, a healthy Fletcher is gonna be very, very important for the season. So he needs to get healthy. Hopefully, this is what does it. But the Angels end up winning six to two on Monday night against the Marlins to take the first game of the series. Again, great start by Lorenzen, bullpen comes down, absolutely locked down um iglesias comes uh in in the ninth inning a lot of people surprised non saved opportunity but going back and hearing the explanation by the time those runs were scored later in the game to kind of put the lead out of quote-unquote save opportunity um there wasn't enough time to get the next guy up and i think that was the big i think i saw myers getting up right when they scored those six run the sixth run and uh it was too late there wasn't enough time there wasn't enough time to get a full uh, warm-up with uh, whoever was warm-up next to Iglesias. So Iglesias comes in, gives up a home run, but again, no harm, no foul. He go. The Angels win 6-2. So Monday night was a little bit special for Chris and I. Quick shout-out to the Angels social media team, um, the people that run their Twitter, the people that run their Instagram, had a great idea to bring together all the angels podcast, or the majority of the angels podcast that at least I know of, um, got us a suite, comp the suite, comp the parking. Um, was a very, um, was a very fun time. Was was cool to kind of you know. There's been a lot of people that I've talked to. Um, John from, obviously, Super Halo Bros, now locked on Angels, was there with his wonderful wife. So I got to actually talk to him in person, even though he's been on this podcast uh, four or five times. And I've been on his podcast, I'm I'm sure, four or five times. Um, But it was actually cool to see him in person and actually talk to him in person. And you saw the photos kind of floating around on social media. But there was, you know, uh, about five of us, I believe, different podcasts. I went with Chris, um, you saw a lot of podcasts and, like, their people, like, if they had a co-host, you know, they were they were there also. Um, unfortunately, Mike, the other half of Super Halo Bros, was not able to make it. So he definitely missed out. But hopefully this is something that can um, turn into something weekly or monthly or not monthly, sorry, yearly or even maybe, again, at the end of the year. I don't know. But it was a lot of fun and shout out to the Angels social media team for kind of setting this all up and getting us all hooked up with, you know, we got a couple of promotional like hats and T-shirts, nothing too crazy. But it was a lot of fun. We'll see what this leads. We'll see where this, um, you know, quote unquote relationship leads as far with this podcast, if, if, if we get any more extra stuff out of it or what, because. We'll see I'm a little I you know it's like <laughs> I kind of look at it as a friend you never have that one friend it's like oh yeah whenever you need something just let me know blah 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 and then you kind of reach out to them and they're like oh I'm busy or I can't do it and you know so granted the, the social media people were awesome they hooked it all up and so let's just see exactly how far uh, this relationship goes if, if something comes out of it great I, I benefit the podcast benefit the angels I'm all for it but uh, big ups to the people that run. Their the angels, Twitter and the angels, um, Instagram, two people run both, you know, they both, uh, do both of the platforms, Instagram and Twitter. So they're always running around. They're always got their hands full, but it was cool to kind of do that and, and talk with a lot of people over at, um, the Angel, you know, at Angel Stadium for a game. And uh, like I said, you've probably seen all the stuff on social media, who was there and all that stuff and and the photos going around. So hopefully it happens again, had a lot of fun. And, you know, whenever someone says, hey, you got a a free suite if you want it, you're definitely going to take that person up on the offer. And if it comes up again, I'll definitely take that offer again. And hopefully Chris, who should be on making his 2022 season debut, next week i think i'm gonna record this thursday night next week um on the off day and and chris is talking about how he wants to get on so the curator will be back hopefully next week so definitely um subscribe now if you haven't subscribed to this podcast already so you don't miss it so that was the first game of the quick two game series now let's move on to tuesday april 12th and i kind of mentioned this already fletcher did end up getting put on the IL. Andrew Velasquez got called up from AAA Salt Lake. Um, Andrew, a very, very, very good defensive shortstop. I don't think the Angels will miss anything there compared to Fletcher and him. Um, I think he's very good defensively. He can make all the basic plays and he can make some really good ones too. So very equal kind of trade-off there when it comes to Fletcher and Andrew. The one thing that is we're not sure about is Andrew's offense. But with Fletcher been struggling. You know, it, it doesn't seem like it's going to be too big of a bit too big of a dip offensively between those two. Now, if this was Fletcher from twenty twenty, it would be a big dip offensively between the two. But with Fletcher struggling and, and and probably not even being healthy, Andrews coming in, and I think that is going to be a um, a good replacement for him. A a. Equal, if you will, for right now during the season and however long uh, Fletcher is out. But like I said, hopefully he's out for as long as he needs to be to get that hip healthy because you need him back healthy, um, 100% Fletcher offensively and defensively. Good news is Trout was back in the lineup Tuesday. So again, a little stomach issue. Probably still trying to get over that illness he had uh, during the Dodgers series. Uh, But hopefully that's kind of behind him now. Off day today on Wednesday going to Texas. So hopefully that's behind him. Hopefully he's able to continue to play without any kind of major setbacks. Pitching on the mound, uh, Patrick Sandoval was supposed to start on Friday after opening day. Uh, Supposed to be uh, Shohei Patrick, but Patrick felt a little fatigue coming out of spring training. So they pushed him back, actually flipped him and Detmer. So now you're in the, the sixth man part of this rotation. So he's here making his uh, 2022 debut for the angels. And obviously I think a lot of people would agree that Patrick Sandoval took a major step forward last year. We saw some things out of him that change up is absolutely filthy. It's one of the best pitches in baseball. You know, his command is, is I would say kind of comes and goes, but when it's on, it's, it's really, really good. And two, I don't know how much of this plays into him having inconsistencies here and there, but he is very animated, very excitable, very enthusiastic, I guess, if you will, on the mound. You can kind of see him almost living and dying with every pitch, and I don't know how much of that drains him energy-wise. I don't know how much of that maybe leads to him overthrowing certain pitches. I'm, I'm not sure, but you can definitely see that with Patrick, but he comes in, again, makes his season debut, goes four innings pitch, three hits, One run, not earned. Three walks with six strikeouts. So obviously, the unearned run was um, a ground ball to the outfield. Very kind of a basic play to scoop it up and get it in, hold the guy at third. Unfortunately, it went under Joe's glove and got past him. And like I mentioned before, Joe, and and again, I think this is what's frustrating fans with Joe, is that he can make some crazy athletic plays. If you listen to the intro, you remember the diving play last year in left field. You remember the the, the jumping catch he made, you know, Sunday. But these basic ones where like, you like you just feel like it should be something that you you learn in you know double A like past double A. It shouldn't be happening anymore, kind of kind of deal. But again, unable to come up with that, they end up Miami ends up scoring a run. Right then and there, and it just kind of again puts a lot of questions now with with what's going to happen in that outfield. You have you know Taylor Ward saying that he's going to come off the IL this weekend in Texas sometime. Then what happens? It, who gets sent down? You're going to need a corresponding move. Is it a pitcher? Is it an outfielder? Is it you know is it Joe? Is it Rojas? Is it um, a pitcher? Like I said, and then two when he does get here. How's the playing time going to be dispersed? Is it going to be, you know, and Madden said this in the beginning of the season, Ward is going to be a starting outfielder. And I think I was hoping Joe and Brandon would be able to show Madden in that time period that they belong out there full time. I think Brandon has. I, I'm not sold yet on Joe as far as showing that he belongs out there full time. So he might be the guy that gets the short end of the stick, if not um, getting sent down to Triple but at least maybe being that fourth outfielder and not starting full time. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to see how it goes. But I do honestly, I do feel about Joe is that he needs those everyday at bats. He needs those everyday at reps. Like I, I, I understand what Madden's trying to do, and I talked about it last podcast about kind of rotating their guys in and out to kind of keep them healthy with a short spring training. But I think Joe is the type that can really benefit from getting out there every single day and just learning and learning and learning and getting comfortable 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 you know there's something about starting one day and then not starting again for another three days and the comfort being comfortable out there right away I think you get comfortable by by multiple reps you know back to back to back and that doesn't seem to be happening with them right now and I think that's one of the issues one of the issues with that but like I mentioned, I think Joe's such a huge talent, huge upside that you have to have him out there. You have to have him um, keep on getting better defensively, and that offensive part of his game will come around, and we saw that. Now, offensively in general in this game, I talked about it. Miami has some very good young pitchers, and the Angels saw that with Jesus Lazardo on the mound for uh, Miami. He ends up striking out 12 Angels over five innings absolutely dominant mixed it up really well. You're talking about curveball, fastball and some stuff that really got some of the, our younger batters uh, confused or just not ready for it was he quick pitched quite a bit and it was effective. I remember one off the top of my head that he quick pitched Brandon Marsh for a strike three. And it just looked like Brandon wasn't expecting that it wasn't necessarily like it was a great pitch or anything like that. It was just, it was a quick pitch throw off the timing. Next thing you know, the ball's getting thrown and you're not ready. So, Lazardo did a really, really good job of that, but they end. He ended up, I think, giving up one run over the five innings. But again, striking out twelve. And part of it, uh, I'm gonna be honest, was probably that sun. If you watch the game, the time that the game was at, it wasn't at the normal six thirty start. I believe it started at four local time here in Southern California, where that sun was 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 kind of like one of those things where the ball goes from the sun to the shade to the sun again. And as a as a batter, he's always throwing you know 90 plus 95 plus it's hard enough to pick that up with a great great breaking ball now you're kind of adding the shadow out of shadow in the shadow kind of thing and it was very hard for a lot of I think a lot of uh, batters in general because Marlins definitely struggled offensively as well like I mentioned their one run they got early in the game was off a uh, air off of Joe and if he gets that then who knows maybe they don't score that one run But the score would stay tied until the bottom of the sixth when Anthony Rendon comes up with a man on. Rendon left field, hit well, in the corner, it's gone! So that would give the Angels a 3-1 lead, again, in the bottom of the sixth. Now going into the top of the seventh with Mike Myers out there, some question about why he's out there at that time when he has some some good names, some bigger names um, there just to, you know, that's more reliable, I guess. Myers was a good pitcher last year, but it does seem like with the last part of spring training and now he has been struggling a little bit to kind of get in the groove, get uh, things going. Do I think he's capable of doing it? Absolutely. But just it does seem like he's struggling right now a little bit. So kind of odd using him at that point. And Jazz Chisholm would take advantage of that as he got a two home run in the top of the sevens to tie the game three to three. So it would stay like that all the way to the bottom of the ninth. Again, three, three tie Jack Mayfield, who was in the game gets walked. And with one out, they pitch run Tyler Wade, who is fast. Um, I, I am not going to take that away. He's probably in the, you know, top one or two guys on the Angels speed wise. I mean, you're talking about Brandon's fast Shohei's fast. Um, you know, Joe Adele can pick it up and put it down and same thing with trout. But, um, Wade is probably a a kind of different kind of fast. And he's a guy that I think the Angels brought in to to steal a lot of bases, to steal bases and to um, put himself in scoring position without a base hit. I have not been totally sold on that part of his game so far this year. Not that he's not fast, because he is, but stealing bases, there's so much more to it than just flat out speed it's your jump it's reading the pitcher. it's sliding into the base to make sure you don't overslide over the base because we've seen it so many times now especially with replay been in play for the last handful of years that these second basemen these shortstops are now learning to just keep their glove on the person and if he's going too fast he'll slide right off the base and you get an out there and the replay will show it and will confirm it or overturn it And that's what's been going on with baseball is just keep your glove on a guy as he slides, maybe he slides off. And I feel like Wade, with his speed, needs to kind of, you know, what it reminds me of, and I was thinking about this today when I was thinking of talking points for the podcast. And I'm of a certain generation where I remember the Mighty Ducks and, you know, D2, D3. So in D2, they're on the Olympic team. They're getting these guys from all different parts of the world. They got a Florida guy. Um, who's actually Benny the Jet from Sandlot, now that I think about it, coming like a, a baseball tie-in. He played Benny the Jet in the Sandlot, but his thing was he was so fast, so fast, but he couldn't stop. He couldn't stop. So it's so it's almost the same thing with Wade. He is so fast that he has yet to show that he has like great body control and able to um, kind of control his slides to where he's not sliding all the way off the base. And that's kind of what almost, almost bid him in this situation where he's still second. He's able to slide by it. And because of Jazz um, blocking the plate with his foot, which I thought was a brilliant move, was a great move by him to kind of almost hook, you almost hooked his foot into Wade's foot to kind of make sure that it doesn't get the, the base and put the tag down. By this point, his hands, or again, slid past it and his hands have already come off. In my eyes, it looked like a kind of a slam dunk type of, overturned to where he was out now the umpires and the review system for the angels and i think just baseball in general has really had a hard time this year angels got really burned by one on sunday so maybe today or maybe i'm sorry maybe tuesday was a makeup call of some sorts but at the end of the day they ruled them safe even though i again down the middle he looked like he was pretty pretty out but they took advantage of that uh, I believe at the next pitch or a couple pitches later, he advances the third on a wild pitch. So now you're looking at Wade at third with Stassi up to plate with one out, infield And, in, and this is what happens Stassi ground ball. Wade's coming on the throw. He's in there. Angels win. They walk off the Marlins. 4 3 five, So the Angels walk it off in nine innings, uh, wins four to three to sweep the mini miniseries for, uh, against the Miami Marlins. I still want to call them Florida Marlins, but the Miami Marlins now back up to 500 for the season with a record of three and three. So again, short sample size, but you got to like what you saw against this team. Um, you got to like what you saw as far as pitching, especially with very strong outings by Lorenzen. And by Sandoval, this pitching staff will be tested though, as they head to Texas for a two-city road trip. First off in Arlington against the Texas Rangers. After that in Houston to face the Astros. And we'll talk a little bit about that uh, later in the podcast. But again, two for two and zero for this series. You want to win series. They swept this series, so you cannot be um, upset about that by any means. Let me talk about our next sponsor, ColorCast. ColorCast is a live, audio-only sports talk platform. Free to download and free to use. Talk to fans, athletes, and interact in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app free in the iOS app store. Create a profile and link your Twitter. That's all. Come with your spectacular takes. So as you might know, we are pretty close uh, to the Inland Empire 66ers where we are located in Riverside, California. And so with that, minor league baseball has started. Minor league also uh, just started not too long ago. So their sample sizes are also kind of small, just like MLB baseball. But I did kind of want to talk about them a little bit and kind of give you a quick little rundown of where they stand and kind of some of the players that are off to quick starts for the season and these are all stats coming into Wednesday morning so as I record um, I think all the game all the teams are in action except for the west coast teams who will be in action a little bit later tonight Uh, I'm talking about the IE 66ers and the Tri-City Dust Devils. But first, I want to start out with the AAA Salt Lake Bees. They are off to a 4-2 start. And Andrew Velasquez was the leader in on-base plus slugging. At He was over 1,000, but now he is up with the Angels. Michael Safonic, again, a guy that a lot of Angel fans hope to see at some point. With the Angels this year, continues to put the ball in play, continues to get on base with uh, a team-leading average of 421. As far as the power numbers, Nagnoris Sierra, I'm sure I'm butchering that first name, has two home runs and nine RBIs through the first six games, and he leads both categories. Now going to the Rocket City Trash Pandas, the Angels AA affiliate, off to a good start as well with a 3-1 record. You got Aaron Whitefield on base uh, plus slugging. Again, 1.372 leads the team. Also leads the team with two home runs. He ties the RBI lead with five RBIs with Trey Cabbage, who leads the team in average at 429. Again, short sample sizes. We're talking about you know five to six games for all of these teams. But again, off to a good start. Hopefully that means something for the long term as far as uh, depth in this organization, depth in this uh, farm system that was ranked towards the bottom, If not, I think like 28th or 29th at the beginning of the year. But if some of these guys have good years, prove themselves, that ranking can fly up in no time. So now you have the high A affiliate Tri-City Death Devils. They are up north in the Washington State uh I don't want to say Tacoma, but they're up in Washington State in the Northwest Division. Um, they're off to a 4-0 start. Um, and Steven Rivas is one of the main offensive reasons Rivas is leading the team in on base plus slugging with 1.200, one home run and four RBIs. He ties the league lead, or not League League, sorry, team lead and RBIs. With Jordan Adams and Jordan also leads the team in average with 438. So Jordan Adams is a perfect example of a a prospect that if he has a really good front half of the season you know a guy that was kind of slated to be like the the top prospect in the organization once Joe and Brandon graduated and just he had a really tough year last year that made him kind of drop in some of the rankings but if he has a good front half you can see him climb right back up those rankings and like I mentioned, if if Angels are all in on on um, Brandon and uh, Adele, Jordan would make a great trade chip or part of a trade package at the trade deadline for an extra piece, maybe a pitcher, maybe a reliever, something. Probably you wouldn't trade him for a reliever, but like a starting pitcher that if you really need one at the trade deadline. And he can be a, a piece that if he has a great beginning part of the season and proves that, that all that hype about him being – a great outfielder, or the potential to be a great outfielder, can really help the team. It's something to really look out for. It. Again, that is Tri-City Dust Devils. Now on to the low A affiliate, uh, i.e. 66ers out here in San Bernardino, California. They are two and two um, so far this season. Uh, their leader with a 1.14 on base plus slugging. Alexander Ramirez also leads the team and average with four. Uh, with 0.471 uh, really want to get out there. Probably will make my way out there next week as they return home. They are playing Rancho this week out in Ranch Cucamonga, the quakes uh, won't make it out this week, but hopefully next week when they are home, I'll be out there for one or two games. So definitely if you're in the area, definitely come by, definitely check it out. It's a lot of fun. And um, there are quite a bit of young talent guys that are going to be down there um, for the angels uh, Warner Blakely, uh, if you remember him, we talked to him like literally right after he got drafted, maybe a month or two after he got drafted. Um, he was drafted, I believe in that shortened 2020 draft. Um, then right away there wasn't, he didn't do a whole lot after that, obviously, because it was 2020, there was no, uh, minor league season. So he couldn't go out and play on a team. I believe he went to Arizona for a little bit of work, but then 2021, um, he spent that whole season down there in Arizona, as like the developmental and instructionals and stuff like that. So, he is making his uh, affiliate debut, I guess, this season. And he leads the team with one home run and six RBIs. Four of those RBIs came off a grand slam he hit Tuesday night. So, again, that's kind of the minor league. And as the season progresses, we'll, we'll talk more and more about some of these players. Again, being that we're so close to Ellen Empire, hopefully get some of these guys on the podcast and talk to them a little bit before game, after game, and uh, see how they feel about their season. And again, these are some of the guys that we'll see in the majors at some point. We're seeing it now with Austin Warren, you know Joe Adele, Brandon Marsh, um, Andrew Wants, um, another guy that I met down in Ellen Empire. These some of these guys, you know, uh, Jared Walsh. You know, these guys are, are down there and give them. Hopefully, you know, a couple of years and they'll be fighting for spots on, on the roster. And so it's a lot of fun to see these guys kind of progress through the, the organization and through the system. So, again, we're out here in Riverside, California. And if you're anywhere near that or San Bernardino, California, definitely, definitely check out the IE 66ers. It's a cheap alternative to Angels baseball, but you still see guys that, again, fingers crossed, you see them in the majors at some point in their career. Let me talk about Athletic Greens real quick. I take Athletic Greens. It is something that I take every morning and guess what? It's easy to drink, which for me that's number 1. It's not like all your other vitamin powders that have that real earthy taste to it. This is very easy to drink, which makes it easy for me to take every day. All it takes is a single scoop and water every day, cold water. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a full year supply for free with your first purchase that's immune supporting vitamin d and five travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com sports drink again that's athleticgreens.com sports drink to take your ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance So now looking ahead to the Angels taking on the Texas Rangers starting Thursday uh, night. Uh, Otani on the mound making his second start of the season. If you remember his first start on opening day, very, very good start. Unfortunately, got hung with the loss because of the lack of offensive production. Good news is all these pitchers now going their second time through the rotation are going to be stretched out a little bit more. So a lot of people were upset or frustrated by a lot of these guys being limited to 75, 80 pitches. So coming into this next go around in rotation, you'll see more guys around the 95, 90 pitch, um, pitch count. And hopefully that means also they get deeper into games. Hopefully that also means they're a little more efficient with their pitches. And you can see them in the sixth, seventh um, inning and maybe even the eighth and give this bullpen a, a, a true shot of closing down games and not having to be used you know, for five innings or or you know four and two thirds type of innings. But Otani takes the mound first on Thursday, Friday you have Reed Detmers on the mound, and then Saturday Noah Syndergaard. And so I'm guessing that also means Sunday you have Jose Suarez. So it looks like they are definitely going in order of the first series, and that's going to be again a four game series at Texas Rangers at Globe Life Field, the brand new stadium, or you know a couple couple seasons old now, but a team that has been struggling at the beginning part of the year. They are one and four coming into this series. I do not believe they played on Wednesday. So they are one and four offensively. You know the name. Simeon and Seeger are going to be there. They're going to be their main um, offensive producers. If you can kind of keep those guys in check and make sure those guys don't beat you, I think the Angels have a really good chance of getting three out of four. The pitching, on the other hand, for Texas Rangers is something that needs to be, you know, Built up, I guess, if you want to say. They don't have a ton of guys that are going to overpower you. They don't have a ton of guys that are going to be, you know, front of the rotation type of guys. They have some young guys that we'll see how they develop. But if the Angels really want to win this series, they got to take advantage of it and put up some major offensive numbers for these four games. And hopefully Otani does kind of get out of a slump. Otani without a home run. We have Trout with this one home run, Rendon with one home run, Walsh with one home run. Uh, Brandon and Joe with one home run. I don't think there's anyone on the angels yet with multiple home runs as of now, but this would be a great opportunity. Yeah. We have six angels right now tied with the home run lead with this, with just one. So hopefully this is the type of series they need to kind of get it going. Like I mentioned, Miami has very good starting pitchers. So for them to kind of be held in check a little bit at the beginning of games, I was not surprised, but now coming into this series against Texas. Uh, I'm expecting a little bit more power. I'm expecting a little bit more of guys getting on base and getting multiple base hits and stuff like that. So hopefully that's what happens with this series. Again, Texas does not have the best pitching rotation by any means in the, in the division. Um, probably because of Oakland and them shipping out a lot of guys, they might have the worst rotation um, or second worst rotation in the division. And you hope that the Angels can definitely take advantage of it at the same time. You're looking for a strong second start from Otani and a strong second start from Syndergaard, your top two guys. Um, Detmers, again, young. You're looking for him just to kind of develop, but definitely looking for some shutdown pitching from Otani and uh, Syndergaard in their second go-around this season with a little bit of a longer leash and Otani to kind of break out of his slump. Um, but, again, I would feel very comfortable saying that the Angels will take three out of four against uh against Texas on their way to go to Houston at the beginning of the week. So we'll look at that. We'll, we'll, we'll watch it. We'll we'll talk about it. We're going to be back Sunday night on Easter. So uh, happy Easter to everyone out there celebrating. We'll be back recording Sunday night. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you have a topic that's on top of your mind, you want to get my opinion on it, you can always email us at all angels podcast at gmail.com. Or reach out to us on our social media feeds on Twitter and on Instagram at Halo Underscore Haven. Again, um, love talking to you guys on the DMs, talking through emails, and all that stuff. So, again, you you want a topic, you want something, my opinion on something, don't hesitate, ask. We'll put it in the podcast, um, and we'll talk about it. But again, big series coming up with Texas. We got to do better against the AL West, and what we'll starts with Texas and leads into Houston. So. We'll talk to you Sunday. Hopefully the Angels can pick up this series, but we'll be here either way. So until next time, I am Dan Garcia, and this has been another edition of the All Angels. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car.